3: Oh, uh, round two! fights! Here we go, round two on this uh, wonderful episode of UFO No. Hey, what's going on? Have you tuned in live on YouTube? Uh, you got to see us crash, <laughs> crash and burn hard. It was great. So much fun. Thanks for being there for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> With me is Mr. C. What's going on, dude? How are you? Oh, oh, you know, just another day. Just another day. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, crazy. We have a show, though. Yes, we show. do. I'm so excited. Welcome, everybody. UFO Know the Show, uh, the break. From the propaganda, the bad news, the treasonous politicians. Time to get elevated, and we're going to talk about alien races, baby. And it's going to be badass. I'm really, really excited about this. This is a huge topic. huge huge. for one yeah where's the number 57 come from well we're going to get into that we're going to get into several races the specific nature of it we got a lot of clips to go over we got a lot of information to talk about so this is going to be a doozy thank you all for tuning in as always go check out the description in the episode I mean, in the episode description for all the different ways you can support the podcast. Follow us on Instagrams, the Facebooks, the TikTokers, and you know all that good shit. Anyways, um, let's get on with this thing, man. So to begin with, the biggest thing is that um, this guy Clifford Stone. So I'm going to show you right now. Let's make sure everything works again properly. Hey! Uh, So this is Clifford Stone. His book, Eyes Only, the Story of Clifford Stone and UFO Crash Retrievals. Now, something else I want to bring up as well is the fact of what's going on in the news right now with the the whistleblower and his claim of uh, downed alien craft, and crash retrievals, and bodies Clifford Stone has been saying this for a while. Mm -hmm. So this is nothing new. I've been highlighting that for a while. You know, people are making it out like that's this new groundbreaking information. Because it comes from a new bald guy doesn't mean that it's new information. He's just spouting the same shit the UFO mythos has been spouting since, well, fuck, since uh, Clifford Stone. So, and also before that, 1997, you had, uh, what was his name, Philip Corso Mm -hmm. with the book uh, The Day After Roswell.
4: Yeah, it's like 50 years later.
3: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, I mean, people have been saying this for a while. But anyways, Clifford Stone specifically uh, said that he had uh, that uh, there was 57 alien species. In fact, I believe we have a little bit of a clip here Mm -hmm. to show from my favorite Stephen fucking Greer, the Disclosure Project. Uh, National Press Club, and before I have to give, of course, Stephen Greer his uh, due on everything because this is exactly how I feel
5: you're a cunt
3: <laughs> about him every time but uh here's clifford stone i don't feel that clifford stone is necessarily a cunt i don't know him personally i don't know steven greer personally he,
5: he
4: seems legit
3: but his face is a bit cunty anyway yeah. so uh here's clifford stone talking about the alien racist from the disclosure project the national press club in 2001 and we actually broke that down our 100th episode yeah. go check that out if you want to but here he is <laughs>
0: My question is to Clifford Stone. You, you said that you had seen aliens on a on a craft that had crashed. I wonder if you could describe what they look like. I could I could, but it would probably take a whole lot of time. The reason I state that when I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. Uh, you have individuals that look very much like you and myself that could walk among among us and you wouldn't even notice the difference. Except for some of the things that uh, they might be able to go ahead even in a dark room and touch an object and go, go ahead and identify what color that object might be. They would have a heightened sense of smell, sight, uh, hearing. Uh, the uh, situation is that you have various types of what we normally call grays. We didn't call them grays in the military, but you had at least three types of the grays. You had some that were much taller than we were. Uh, The unique thing uh, that I'd like to point out for the most part is that the entities that we did catalog were, in fact, humanoid. Now, this created a situation where the scientific community was trying to figure out why that would be the case. Because you would expect that if life evolved on other planets, that they would take on some type of other uh, being, so to speak, not necessarily look humanoid. Are bipedal such as we are but apparently we got quite a few of the species out there that are humanoid in appearance
3: and that's basically his whole thing right so so he gave us a lot there he gave us a lot there about the 57 what i find very interesting about that and this is uh, i have some other clips about this as well is the idea that how many of these are humanoid? That's always been my question. And like he said, a lot of the scientific community is asking this as well, is why are they always humanoid? Why aren't they so out there? Like my biggest thing is why aren't they magical in nature? Why aren't they more angelic? You know, a lot of the the alien claims they are angelic. A lot of them. Uh, but... You know, wouldn't it be if they're so far advanced and all that, wouldn't they be from some other race? And so I I like the one thing I like about his testimony is he doesn't even try to explain that. (laughs) He's like, we don't fucking know why they're all humanoid. We're trying to figure that out as well. But they seem to be all humanoid. So, you know, anyways, that's Clifford Stone. And that's where a lot of this stuff starts is him. Um, And again, he's got all this, you know, from his book. Uh, and there's a lot to this. I mean, you know, he goes through his whole, you know, his career as far as, you know, he was a sergeant, Clifford Stone. You know, he's born in 1947. Who gives a fuck? But <laughs> he was in Army Intelligence, non-commissioned officer. He was involved in covert operations that was related to UFO crashes and recoveries, including the retrieval of extraterrestrials. And then it goes into the, what he claimed, the 57 distinct species. Um one of the things that he talks about of why is it on me only, dude? Jesus, I'm so selfish. Anyways, <laughs> I can't get my poop in it. Look, we crashed and burned the first take. I'm having a problem. Okay, I'm having a brain okay, I, I Should be playing the keyboard. Good it's lord, fun. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should any moment now. It's a uh, like Letterman show, right? <laughs> So one of the things that people say is, uh, gives his story credibility is his uh, alleged involvement in Project Moondust. And are you familiar with Moondust? I've heard a little bit about it, but See, me refresh too. my memory. <laughs> yeah, so what it was is it was a- officially acknowledged by the U.S., uh, and it was an effort to, as, as they say, recover and investigate objects of unknown origin, including those related to UFO sightings and crashes. And, of course, the whole thing is there's not very many details about this guy, Clifford Stone, his exact involvement in Project Moondust. He just says that he was involved in it. Mm -hmm. And the government says that it acknowledges that it exists, but I don't know if they necessarily acknowledge that they were legitimately recovering UFOs or not. Because still, with all this going on, the government has not verified what Grush or what Stone have said about that they, yes, we do, and yes, we have beings. So I don't think that uh, they would verify Project Moondust. No. You know what I mean? Uh, so, of course, with all of this stuff, another part of, of Clifford Stone's claims is that he has a lot of witness testimony to back up these claims, which means he's got a lot of hearsay back to back up his claims, which is all well and good, but if we're actually going to, in my, opinion, I'm an evidence guy. I gotta, I gotta touch and feel it if I'm gonna say it's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's, I just am not seeing it. And that's with this. He, you know, a lot of his claims are pretty out there, like a lot of these things. But is he, is he telling the truth? There's a lot of, a lot of people talking about this. You know, there's a lot of people talking about the fact of. Um, these alien there's a lot of alien races. There's a galactic federation and there's there's uh there's there's all these civilizations that exist within this um this federation it's, and, al- it's
4: almost like a hierarchy you know what I mean yes exactly kind
3: of a, well kind of and a a I have thing. yeah and I have a, a, a clip here kind of describing giving a short rundown of these apparently four hundred thousand uh, alien civilizations. Mm-hmm. This is from Gaia from uh, a galactic message <laughs> from uh, a lady with a weird accent. Yeah. Please. The
2: humanoid <laughs> races are the norm, being the most common ones. Taking humans as a base reference here, there are at least 400,000 civilizations in this galactic quadrant with Quadrant. inhabitants Quadrant. of yeah. various yes. races who would pass for <laughs> she's humans. Ukrainian or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what she is, she's yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't know what she is, Quadrant.
2: Each and every one of those 400,000 civilizations are different, with small physical differences, capabilities, or DNA.
3: Capabilities.
2: But all appear as humans starting from those 400,000 we would pass to the countless others who look like humans but they already clearly differ in something that would not make them pass for a human
3: so that kind of backs up what clifford stone is saying that there's all these humanoid civilizations uh something she says in another part of the video and I'll link everything in there. So you guys can watch the whole video for yourself. If you'd like, the whole thing is about 13 something minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, this galactic message that kind of breaks this down. But um, she talks about how humanoids, at least in our galaxy are the norm, not the exception. So like, you know, instead of there being a wide variety of these, you know, um, non-humanoid, aliens that you would like like Clifford Stone said what a lot of scientists would expect like a
4: jellyfish or something Yeah
3: instead you get a lot of humanoid uh aliens so along with this she talks about uh I've got another one here um nope that's not the one she talks about this is Wait a minute There we go here's the examples of the alien races the examples
2: <laughs> example of this would be the Diasly and Arcturians. Arcturians andromeda Arcturians
3: yeah and we're going to go over a little bit more detail of each one but this is a really good overview here to kind of f- what I think complements what Clifford Stone is saying it goes into a little bit more detail but not breaking them all down the mm-hmm. way we're going to but
2: Sassani and the soroids among so many more. It's like
4: reptilians. There
2: are countless other feline races, canines, insectoids, elephant ones, each one at a different level of scientific and social development.
3: (laughs) So here's my question with this, with the the whole like other animal things, Mm -hmm. right? All of these are animals that we currently have in our world. So what 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 makes me skeptical of something like this is that this, to me, sounds like human... Uh, like invention or something? Well, invention, like, but yeah. also inspiration from what they see around them. Yeah. Like, these are in... My critical mind says... These are non-creative people mm-hmm. that are simply looking at the world around them going, I bet there's kitty species.
5: I bet there's a lizard species. I bet I bet there's even an elephant
3: species. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever's like, a pet, right? Yes. <laughs> Like all, they're all sitting around talking about their spirit animals. And and then they're also going, you know, well, my alien species is an elephant. You know, like that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a bunch of people making up alien species instead of actually knowing about alien species. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you could easily argue this is D&D. <laughs> this is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could ease. I mean, he's wearing fucking armor for Christ's sake. <laughs> You know, do Level your
4: 23, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know,
3: and so that's where I'm, you know, and I'm again, I'm not saying it's not true. Who the fuck am I? But what I am saying is it really does feel like this is just some humans sitting around contemplating based on all their favorite things and everything they see around them. And as far as their imagin- imagination will take them is armored tigers, <laughs> And I'm going. I think the universe, life is more creative than that. I mean, look mm-hmm. in the ocean, man. No, yeah, why There's does he have
4: like six legs
3: or something? You know I mean? Anything. Yeah. Anything beyond. But every single one of these are, you know, like look. Come on, man. <laughs> so you're telling here's a, here's me this, a isn't, fact, though, this isn't this isn't Jeffrey's Rex <laughs> dog that he's like, oh my God, my is <laughs> gonna look just like my husky.
4: You know, like, I've, I've heard about like the dog <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Oh, sure. So supposedly. They have so you know, we have dogs as pets, right? Yes. Yes. Supposedly the dog species actually has a chimp style of pet like us as pets. Oh wow. So <laughs> See, uh, somebody you know. came
3: up with the idea that yeah you know,
4: sure. We have them as pets, they have us as pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Hey, know. in an alternate universe. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, same with uh Planet of the Apes. Yeah. You know, but all I'm saying is like we have here my thing is this. We have a ton of cultural references to shit like this. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to think this isn't a bunch of people that, that are coming up with this stuff on their own. Because at the end of the day, you can neither confirm nor deny the existence of husky aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, you can neither conform, uh, confirm nor deny the existence of the gray aliens and all this stuff. So you might as well have fun with it. So I'm not against it. What I'm, what I, what I find odd is when people are like, "This exists," <laughs> and here's where they come from, and here, you know what I mean. So, anyways, but but we'll continue to get into it because I don't want to like rain on everybody's
4: parade. Well, but you, you know how the human mind works, like a camera, right? Yes. So they're they're recalling something that they've seen. That's before, what it
3: feels you know? like. That's yeah. what it feels like. But anyway, she's got a little bit more here.
2: Canines.
3: Oh wait, no, she does, and I skipped back. Anyways. <laughs> So um, that's what I find funny about stuff like that. You know, and again, I'm not saying that they're not real. I don't know if they're real or not, but it just feels very human in nature. Like human imagination is at work. Human wants, I want a husky... You know, I want a dog race to exist. I want a kitty race to exist. I want to, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the Napoleon Dynamite going, I made a liger. (laughs) (laughs) You can't eat your meatloaf dog. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know you fat lard? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... um, yeah. So that it just feels very much like that. And again, I'm not saying it is that that's the case. I, you know, I don't know. And that's where I land on all this stuff, but I have to think that it feels very much that way. So look, all you people out there that are super into this, please send me your hate mail. I I want to believe one, one, five at gmail.com 208-477-1288. Let me know that you hate me, you know, but I just, I'm, you know, i I don't know how, you know, how this works. (laughs) It just feels very human to me. But there is, um, before we get into the whole breakdown of all the different races, there is kind of this prehistory of what's known as the Galactic Federation that apparently all these alien races belong to. And there is a history to this that is, um, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, oh
4: <laughs> well a lot of the, a lot of the uh, insiders there talk about this too you know Yes. the ones that have been out the 21 and back they're like oh yes. yeah we've been to like Corey good talks about oh I was at the the Federation <laughs>
3: meeting or whatever yep like, yep. And you can argue, there's a lot of people that argue, and of course, I always have to play the other side. There's a lot of people that argue about Corey Good's uh, reputation and, uh, and uh, authenticity, some of the things he, he said was true. He's come out since under oath and said they weren't true, mm-hmm. that he made them up. So, however you feel about that. But uh, but I agree. There's a lot of people that talk about this. In fact, look, I mean, let's as I always say to me, the the gold standard of what's real and what's not should be ancient cultures recollections, because I do not believe for a minute that they were carving fairy tales into these stone structures. Yeah, they weren't I, paid, they were slaves. Exactly. That <laughs> they, they had, were legitimately they to trying to get across their real history, mm-hmm. what were their real origins. And again, that's what I believe is the true cover up. Um, so in many, many ancient cultures, this idea of multiple races, star races and star gods, and you know, all that type of stuff was real. So, again, you know, my one side of my brain says it can't be true. And then the other side says, yeah, but these ancient structures depict this type of history. Um, so this is the Galactic History's Orion Wars. And this kind of goes into a little bit of um, what kind of how these races got started. Right. A lot of this stuff yeah. comes from Orion. Like, yes, yeah,
4: especially the Ryan Star Cluster. Yes, yes exactly. The belt, yes, the
3: sky. Exactly, and so we'll go into it a little bit more. But I think this is really um, a cool breakdown of this. So here it is. This is also uh, what channel is this? I can't remember. I always forget to do that. Roger Stack. Anyways, only three hundred one su- uh, subscribers, guys. Let's, you know, I mean, as well as long as you're blowing up our channel as well, because we have less than that. <laughs> <laughs> go,
6: go watch his stuff. Anyways. <laughs> But, uh, but here he is. Galactic Histories, Orion Wars. Many millions of years ago, Oops. years ago, civilizations developed across star systems near Lyra. Lyra is 25 light years from Earth. As their technology advanced, star beings in Lyra began to meet their galactic neighbors. Species and cultural differences led to visits, exchanges, growth, trade, and some conflict. Over time, conflict deteriorated into wars. To escape conflict, some Lyrans moved to other star systems, including Altair, Centauri, Sirius, and the Pleiades. Two cultures developed as civilizations expanded out from Lyra, service to self for the good of all and service to others for the good of all
3: and i think a lot of this again is based on what we know of human nature. Mm-hmm. So maybe not necessarily alien again those types of things like attributing human human like traits, you know, selfish and not selfish. We have no idea how our consciousness works let alone how another species consciousness is going to work and how their, their view of right, you know, good from evil, right from wrong. So I feel like there's some assumptions there about, you know, how they came to be and like what their motives were. Because we, do we really know?
4: Yeah, it's like our understanding.
3: Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So keep, keep all that in mind. Again, hate mail to me.
6: <laughs> However, wherever Lawrence moved, they often took their old conflicts with them. Serious conflicts developed between groups in the Sirius system. Elders in Sirius intervened and moved the conflicting groups to the Orion system. The Orion system is 720 light years from Earth. One aspect of life experience for many star beings was the exploration of polarity. Night and day, death, life, masculine-feminine, separation, union.
3: I also found that very interesting. Because they're basically complete opposites.
4: Yeah, it's a duality.
3: Yeah. And so I find that very fascinating Mm -hmm. because duality exists in all of the universe, Mm -hmm. in everything. So that right there, you know, that to me grounds it very well in reality because the whole universe is built that way. So I can see how two cultures would separate based on that. So again, you know, I feel like some of this is accurate, but some of it is, uh, you know, a lot of assumptions,
6: This polarisation became extreme on planets in the Orion system. Orions built an empire of controlling dominators, exploiting selfless victims. Widespread domination and resistance became the Orion Wars of 20 (laughs) million years ago. Yeah, of course, of (laughs) course. (laughs) The Orion Wars lasted for eons and had many similarities to the early Star Wars movies.
3: Yeah, see, yeah. that is what is really fascinating is is you had mentioned before we went on the air that George Lucas actually got a lot of his inspiration, I believe is what you were saying. Yeah, he,
4: he basically said there was an empire that yeah. he took from this idea that they were fighting against this powerful empire. Yep. And there was a rebellion in the Star Cluster.
3: Yep, and they you know there was the free races, yep. and then there was the enslaved races. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
6: Far away from the Orion conflict, Palladians had developed harmonious, loving civilizations. On hearing about those who were being oppressed in Orion, they decided to help. They began to zealously counter the negativity of the Orion Empire. The Empire struck back, destroying a populated (laughs) Palladian planet. The Palladians withdrew. In remote locations, the Orion resistance grew, with spiritual perspectives and practices. But any force was met with force, resulting in a stalemate. Non-physical beings from Arcturus and Sirius offered holistic healing energies to Orion. A spiritual leader appeared to remind the Orions they were sovereign spiritual beings. Over time, the victims became more empowered and the empire lost influence. Eventually, millions of years ago, Peace was established across most of the Orion system. Orion and Lyra became founding members of the Galactic Federation seven point five million years ago.
3: So that time frame, that uh, that that timeline, seven and a half million years ago—that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, it, like the Earth. <laughs> yeah, you
4: exactly. I mean? Exactly. Our science tells us we're not even that old,
5: right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Carlton Turner, who's in our chat right now, brings up a great point. And he says, maybe humanoid figure is just the best way in the universe. Hands, grab things, feet to walk. Yep. That's a good point.
4: No, very true. That's a good
3: point. But also with that is the idea that, uh, you know, certain species... Uh, would not need hands, would not need speech if their brains had developed in a way to communicate telepathically, telekinesis. So if anything was, you know, if everything in their world was brain-oriented instead of externalized some way through the body... Then, then you wouldn't you wouldn't need hands. No, like a you slug. could you could literally be a gelatinous blob <laughs> and still do everything you need to do because telekinesis would be the uh, the the way. But but that you know the reason I bring that into you know a little bit of a long clip there. But I, I think the reason why it's important is it breaks down a few things. It breaks down the different some of the main what I would say the primary races mm-hmm. that were developed out of this, and and also the a little bit of the prehistory to explain like the duality thing and and some of the some of the commonalities of races uh, to again back up the fact that humanoid mentality this humanity aspect of emotional and things like that could be the more common way in the universe mm-hmm. you know maybe consciousness the way we know it as hum- humans the reason why all these other species are very Humanoid is because perhaps the consciousness that creates something like us, humanoid like us, is prominent throughout the universe. So maybe it's consciousness. In its image, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because the whole thing is like, you know, if you want to take the idea, you know, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. the God thing, well, maybe instead of labeling it, in the beginning, there was consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the consciousness created light. Or separated the light from the darkness. The consciousness, you know, brought forth land, That's what's ocean. in my thesis,
4: actually. That oh, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> yes. So, you know, seven pages later. So, if yeah. that's
3: the case, then, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really. Then maybe that's why the humanoid thing is so common. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Anyways, there's all kinds of possibilities to this. You know, that's what's so fun about it. <laughs> It's so super fun, but, um, all right. So now that we've gone over some of the overview, you know, where this idea comes from, it, it really, I think originated with at least the modern stuff, the real big breakdown of all, I don't remember, I don't think in any of the ancient stuff, they have anything, um, as comprehensive that's come out with people. Right, mm-hmm. there's nothing in the ancient world that breaks down the alien species the way modern books have.
4: No, they they portray more as the
3: gods. Correct. You know, yeah, and they don't go into you know, well, here was their yeah. history in the galaxy and and all that. So, um, but what we do have is we do have, you know, luckily modern day people like Clifford Stone who have brought forward this information, uh, and you have a lot more people uh, to start out with the reptilians mm <laughs> We've talked about that a lot. But the reptilians are uh let's let's go into this a little bit. You know a lot about the reptilians.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, and there's actually different subspecies of them too. Some are yes. benevolent, some are benevolent. Yes. You know, sizes where there's actually like a dragon race of them too. Exactly. That has
3: like wings. And the reptile, I think, is the most common type of sky god. You know whatever spirit you know you want to you want to describe him as, but uh, all over the place, like you said, dragons, dinosaurs, snakes, crocodiles, lizards, even like Floyd Wills talked about those yes. Dino, you know, dinosaurids.
4: Yes, exactly. It's an evolutionary the, species of the dinosaur the, the that the dinosaurs has hands yeah, and feet, ex-
3: Exactly, and that's actually one of them here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can bring up a good. Uh, Let's see if I can. Boom! There we go. That's not a bad one. Yeah. So, yeah, so potential humanoid figures, including genitalia, right there in the case you're missing too. it, in case you're missing it. Uh, yeah, it's even smaller. That's, that's weird. <laughs> Whoever drew this is like, I am not giving that reptile a bigger penis than me. I won't do it. I believe in them, but I do not believe that they're more well-endowed than I am. I will not believe that. <laughs>
4: it's like... Like a little pinky toe,
3: <laughs> dude. Quit it! You're gonna anger the reptile gods, yeah, whatever. man. think come
5: out. How me. dare
4: you? We have tiny
3: penis anger. No, they're just so mad, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're overcompensating. Negative energy. <laughs> well, yeah, the reptilians, uh, also known as lizard people, draconians, mm-hmm. reptilians, all that good stuff. They process or they possess reptile-like features, of course. Um, scaly skin, elongated faces. And of course there's a lot of people that say that like Mr. C over here, uh, has talked about this before about infiltrating human society, holding positions of power. David Icke has talked about this a lot. I mean, we've, we've gone over the reptile thing quite a bit. Oh yeah. We even, uh, yeah. we even, uh, you remember that movie Raka? Yeah. A short film by, uh, what was his name? Oh, David, David blumfield that's wrong. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, yeah. oh, wait, wait, it's Neil Blomkamp. Man, I, I was so. way off. I was <laughs> way off. David something, Blumfield. Anyways, Neil Blomkamp, I think, is what it is. Uh, Oak Studios is what you can find. Anyways, Raka, we did a whole uh, breakdown of it. We did a, a uh, thing where we watched it. So much. Dude, so cool. Yeah. It was super yeah, that's cool. That's an awesome movie. But well, anyways, yeah, we've telekinesis covered Telekinesis
4: and all that. Yes, mind exactly. And-
3: what, what, one of my favorite things that they did in that was the liquid armor. Oh, yeah. The armor that would become whatever they needed it to. Like mm-hmm. it, would, it would create spikes or it would uh, move itself to the abdomen over the shoulders or something like that. Super, super cool. I like all that. But anyway, so that, I mean, we've covered that quite a bit. Um I can, I can give you more details. I
4: Please do yet. it. Go
3: into it. Yeah.
4: So the so-called reptilians are well-known villains. Let me get off this dick picture. Yeah, Hold yeah, on. Good idea. <laughs> Nobody's going to pay attention to me without a Oh, with that up there. <laughs> Jesus.
3: Not with that tiny pee-pee staring at him. God damn. <laughs> oh, here's here's a go. I'll bring up the uh, the stone image of the... Where's uh, that
4: located too? That's in uh Angkor?
3: Uh, let's see, what does it say? It says Cambodia. two Naga heads carved in Angkor Thom, Cambodia. Which they're all over the world. The Bafoon Temple. Hmm. Yeah. Let's get it in there.
4: So basically, with the reptilians, when we talked about David Icke, right, he's kind of the yeah. main guy that brought up the reptilians.
3: And a lot of people since. Yes, I mean yes. he he kind of started the forefront of this, mm-hmm. but a lot of people since have backed this up. There's a ton of theories online, fake masks, the eyes. Yeah. Oh
4: well, yeah, I've I actually uh, what was it? I was watching or reading something about a a case where a gentleman like he was like working in a shipping yard, and I think it was in like British Columbia, and he ran into a lady that was. Kind of flirting with him or whatever. She invited him over to have wine, and then her eyes transformed and wanted to, like, mate with him. Oh, man. She's you know, like a reptilian hybrid or whatever, but she, like, jumped him and stuff, so pretty violent you know, stuff, you know?
3: You know, PSA for all you dudes <laughs> out there. Right? Yeah. Let me just tell you something. If you're not used to getting hit on by women, <laughs> if that's not a regular thing for you, and all of a sudden this lady comes out of nowhere and starts flirting with you, if you're not a senator... <laughs> If you're a senator, she's underage. If you're not a senator, she's a reptile. Yes. I'm just telling you, she's don't fall for it. Look, man. look at her eyes. She's man. got look a scaly <laughs> vagina. Don't do it. A, a tongue that'll make you die. Yikes!
5: <laughs>
4: but you know, basically, we you know, we've talked about David Icke, and so he claims that reptilians are able to transform and take on human form of key political figures in our culture. Some alien researchers believe that the reptilians have established colonies in Alpha Draconis, so, which has led some to refer to them as Alpha Draconians. According to these researchers, the ultimate agenda of Alpha Draconians, or lizard-like in appearance, is to keep advanced technology from reaching the masses on Earth, technology that would save humankind from its problems. We've talked about AI, right? They yep. actually supposedly prey to an AI god too.
3: Yeah. And my counter argument, yes. not to say it's not true, but my counter argument to the idea of there being reptiles that do that is we have sleazy fucking humans that already do that. Yes. So we don't need reptiles, but that doesn't mean there's not reptiles.
4: Maybe they're, maybe they're reptilians. <laughs> there you go.
3: There you go. It's kind of like that show V. Do you remember that show yeah, V? Oh yeah. Yep. Great show, man. Great show. For those of you that don't know, V stands for visitors. Mm-hmm. They're these visitors that come down to Earth, and they claim to be, you know, they want to heal us. They want to fix us. They want to help humanity. But really, what they're doing on the back end is harvesting us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, information. yeah great yep. show. That was back in the, what, 70s or I something? So. And then they yeah. redid it in the 90s. Great show. Re- remakes are never as good, but yeah. You know, it wasn't bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, they it, was had to, bad. They, it wasn't bad, but, uh, but I agree. I agree. The nostalgia of the originals. Yeah. Anyways, continue on. I apologize.
4: So along with the greys, the alpha draconians are seen by the contactees as part of an empire. There you go. The empire. Yep. Known as the Unholy Six, which seeks domination over many star systems. So they're... That domineering class. I've actually with my research in the reptilians too, I actually think that they're under the earth. They're oh, in this yeah. hollow earth idea, like they're they were here before us. Yep. They don't want us here. That's why they feed off our negative energy, this loosh that David Icke talks about. The no, what? It's called Loosh. <laughs> is what it's called. What's the Loosh? So it's a negative energy. So oh. with all the ideas of depression, anger, anxiety, oh, they I feed see. off of that negative. They're negative entities.
3: So. And that's what they call it is Loosh? Yeah, it's Loosh. Yep. Weird. Yeah, weird-ass name I know. That is a weird-ass like name. Kind of like douche, but
4: loosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a loose
3: douche. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But that's kind of the backstory of the reptilians for you, though. Interesting. Bit, so. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, we've gone over... Numerous aspects of the reptile thing; it'll continue to come up because it's mm-hmm. super interwoven. That's one of those things, like I talk about, you know, secret government uh, conspiracies that which aren't conspiracies. Things like corporation Northwood. Mm-hmm. That's why all of these things are connected because it's it, it all goes back to control. Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about, and the reptile is a big aspect of that uh, that facet of the reptilian races thing, is that they're involved in humanity very directly, that mm-hmm. potentially, as you said, they don't come from space. They actually come from Earth. They've been here on Earth for a long time, mm-hmm. and they've been working behind the scenes for that long. Yeah, to for do a control. And a yes, lot of,
4: the, exactly. the idea of the elitists too. They're part of this order of the dragon. There's a lot of things in history that have been let out there, too. Yep, yep exactly.
3: Yeah. And there's, there's a bunch. I mean, there's a whole bunch. I mean, like we, uh, you know, another one that we talk about is the Nordics, mm-hmm. the Nordic aliens. And I think we have a little thing on that as well. Do we not? Look at that! More peepees! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this Wikipedia is going nuck with a peepee.
4: <laughs> they're all the same size, though, which is
3: weird. That's, yes. In that case, they're all the same size because they're like, they're humans. We're, we're definitely going to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, I think I have, uh, no, I don't have anything. I don't have any clips on the Nordic. The thing with the Nordics, uh, this was another one, I believe, with um, Clifford Stone, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Was he the tall white guy?
5: Yeah. He I, was, yeah. I believe yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, He's- and
3: so he was basically talking about them as well, mm-hmm. uh, the Nordic aliens. And uh, they're described as being six to seven feet tall, which, again, could be human. Uh, Long blonde hair, blue eyes, fair skin, the Aryan race. (laughs) Sounds like Thor. Very true. Very true. Nordic mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, George Adamski, credited for being among the first to claim contact with Nordic aliens in the mid-1950s. Oh, it's George Adamski. Really? I didn't know that. So apparently... George Adamski, Polish-American author, met with friendly Nordic alien space brothers, claimed to have taken flights with them to the moon and other planets as early as 1950. Wow.
4: So is that who Valiant Thor is? Is he a Nordic then, I wonder? Well, I wonder about him. I know that was we've talked about that. he's probably like a made-up figure, but Yeah,
3: because it comes from one source, Frank yeah, like Strange's a com- like a comic yeah. essentially. Right? The hard part is you do have people that believe in Valiant Thor. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, you know, with the nature of belief, uh, that means if you it, you know, if you if you believe in things like quantum mechanics and you believe in the concept of uh of you know, the mind shapes reality, then in those people's reality, Valiant Thor is real. My concern is that we can trace back exactly where it comes from. Yeah. There is zero reference to Valiant Thor prior to Frank Stranges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I broke down on a, on a separate episode, Valiant Thor and Frank Stranges. I broke down how um, I, the whole book You know, Stranger in the Pentagon went through the whole thing. And then I also broke down Frank Strange's entire career, (laughs) which was fraught Mm
5: -hmm.
3: with uh, fuckery because he was selling fake diplomas. He's been involved in the UFO community doing just that, you know, some class that he was doing. And uh, he actually got charged with a crime for that. Wow. And, uh, And there's word that he never got his actual doctorate that he claimed that he did. Um, and he was a failed sci-fi writer before Valiant Thor ever came out. And then he was also very, very religious in everything in the books. Although he talks about Valiant Thor being very powerful, he, he attributes all of that to God. Hmm. Um, he was a preacher. So, I mean, you can say whatever you want. It, it really comes down to a matter of belief because other than Frank Strange's book and the few images that have come out since there is no proof. Mm -hmm. unfortunately there is no proof but his message the message of valiant thor about humanity coming together and you know all the world's nations coming together one world government uh (laughs) to you know fix humanity's problems is a beautiful message Mm -hmm. so it's great so it's i don't like discrediting the idea of valiant thor because his message was so powerful and and positive. But unfortunately, Frank Strangis was uh, apparently a douchebag. Yeah, shyster. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <About a> shyster. <laughs> that's what that's what hangs me up about a lot of this stuff is when you start digging into where these stories are coming from, um there is a lot of shenanigans. The cool thing about Clifford Stone is that he, there is not a lot of fuckery involved with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he is he is uh He's never changed his story. He's never really made a lot of money. He wrote the one book, but that other than being involved in Stephen Greer, uh, he, he seems pretty legit, you know? So I don't know anyways, but it could go either way. Um, but that, that's another one, Nordics reptilians. Um, and I didn't know that with the George, what was his name? George Adamski.
4: I think he's uh isn't he like a psychic or something too?
3: Um, let's see. He authored three books.
4: Wandering teacher.
3: Huh. Yeah. Called a philosopher, teacher, student, saucer researcher. Uh, Although most investigators concluded his claims were an elaborate hoax and that Adamski himself was a charlatan and a con artist. But he wrote three books. Um, He founded the Royal Art of Tibet, Order of Tibet. Out of Laguna Laguna Beach, Beach, which held its meetings in the Temple of Scientific Philosophy. Hmm. He served as a philosopher and teacher of the temple. The Royal Order of Tibet was given a government license to make wine for religious purposes. My kind of guy. Don't
4: drink the green Kool-Aid. During Prohibition. (laughs) Oh, really? Dude, I love
3: these religious fanatics because they get around the law. They're like, but my religious rights! (laughs) I love it. He was quoted as saying, I made enough wine for all of Southern California. I was making a fortune. So, you know, take it as you want. But anyways, but, you know, either way, um, he got involved after a meteor shower in 1946. Some friends claimed that while they were at the Palomar, 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 whatever, Gardens Campground, they witnessed a large cigar-shaped mothership. Hmm. And then in 1947, he took a picture of what he claimed was the 1946 cigar shaped mothership crossing in front of the moon over palomar gardens so you know who knows so there's a long history again all these links will be in the show notes you guys can check it out for yourself so you know however you feel about this these are where these things are coming from you know here's the original stuff one guy this guy yeah
4: the nordics are actually known as also the palladians too
3: Oh, so, are they? Yeah, yeah well, so that, they we're that we're leading right reference. into the Palladians. Yep. Yeah. In fact, the whole thing about Palladians is actually really fascinating. Um, this whole thing about people being able to remember their past lives as Palladians. Like that speaker in that video, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Let's check it out. Oh, I'm already there. <laughs>
7: <laughs> people who feel that their DNA has been activated to have a conscious memory and association... As being Pleiadian themselves.
4: Yeah. Do you think that's, so I'm watching this with you, and you think that's like the idea of a star child then?
3: Well, yes, I think so. So there's a lot of these things about star seeds. Mm -hmm. You know, people are star seeds. And look, I mean, here's what it comes down to. I've had several conversations with people not on the show. I do want to have one on the show Mm -hmm. that my belief is that it comes down to the nature of reality and belief is that this individual believes that they are a star seed. So how do we argue with that?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, how do we argue with the fact that, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And you can, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people will say, oh, we'll check their DNA. Okay. But DNA doesn't read consciousness. We know consciousness exists. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that these people are Palladians or that they do remember past lives, but who am I to say that they don't? How do I know? You know, I mean, I, we've, we've talked about this before. My whole Slenderman episode, which I love to bring up at nauseam, is, is all based on the nature of reality. And I think it's a perfect example of exactly that, that belief you know, we even talked to Floyd Wills. I mm-hmm. almost, almost said George Floyd for some <laughs> reason. Uh, Floyd Wills, when we talked to him, we talked about the nature of belief having to do with potentially manifesting these experiences that people were having in the ancient world of believing they were running into things like chupacabra mm-hmm. or, you know, that these little people had powers and that these, uh, you know, other tribes had powers and whatnot, that maybe... They didn't have powers, but the superstition of the time and the belief of the people made them believe that they did. And so anything that happened that was remotely outside of their scope of knowledge, well, that was magic and it was done by that those creatures.
4: Yeah, these beings—they're gods.
3: Correct. You know? You know, I mean, a, a that a basically wraps <laughs> up religion in, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You know, is we have all these supposed past experiences from people like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and everybody else in the Bible, yeah, maybe after and one of those guys, <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, what what do you say about that? Is uh, that's their belief? Yeah, that's their belief, and they had they had all these, and we weren't there, so we don't know. But it was very, there was a lot of superstition at the time, a lot of belief, a lot of cultural belief. So it begs the question, you know, how much of the belief plays a part in what was happening? So anyways, but, and again, like these people that say that they are Palladians, that they are, you know, that they have memories of past lives, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. So who am I to, to judge what somebody else's memory is like? You know, what I bring into question is, well, how did you come to this? Mm -hmm. Did you come to this through a dream? Did you come to this through hypnotic regression? How did you come to this? You know, and there's a lot of people that say, I've known my whole life. Or there's a lot of people that say, "It, it came to me through a hypnotic session or it came to me through psychedelics. You know, whatever the case may be. But let's finish out what this lady has to say.
7: The Pleiadians are tall and they have blue or green eyes they're pinned up at the ends almost cat-like you can still see humans today with resemblance of a pleiadian there are a lot of
3: I thought that was very interesting Mm -hmm. the pinned up ear thing because I have seen people where the like back of their ears or whatever my ears are huge but the back of their ears would like touch the back of their head you know what I mean? Kind it's of om- elf-like, too. Right? I, I
4: see these species, different ones we can associate with mythology very easily. Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. Elves exactly. Being a divine, being a humanistic, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. blue eyes, blonde hair, of legomas. course. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Born
7: with blonde hair. Yeah, well, there we go. And if you think of the very early humans, they did not have blonde hair. They had dark skin, dark eyes. So this is just a hybridization program. That has been going on for a while and has created different color skin different color eyes and you can see the traits running through our culture
3: and you know that again that is a really fascinating um take on the the differences of humanity because the the idea that there it's been it was a hybridization program that sparked the the combination you know, instead of everybody being dark, you have a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people that are all all different colors, and so it it it. I suppose it could be an early hybridization program that took place to mix up the races in some way. You know, who knows? Evolution, man. You know, people have been arguing that for a long time. But uh, but yeah, so so that's a good descriptor for the Palladians and uh, what they're doing, but. <sighs> Do you have any more on them?
4: Uh, so, basically, you know, we've talked about they're basically like Nordics. Yeah. It's kind of almost the same thing. Yes. And that's what I've kind of had to try to figure out, differentiate between the two of them. So, basically, they're descended from the same bloodline as humans on Earth. So, this actually leads me to think, are they like Atlanteans even, too? Oh, like kind of yeah. Like an original race of species. And sure. Like the whole thing with, like, the Nazis going out and finding, like, the master race and yep. trying to find... All this technology, these relics and things like that. Yep. Is that from these particular beings that came down here? Uh, you know, it was said supposedly the Pleiadians are the first beings to have developed advanced spacecraft, which humans commonly refer to as UFOs. So they're the first ones, actually, Oh, to, I see. Yes. So they can perform hyperspace travel. Some contacts report that this species has basically stated that their technology surpasses current technology on Earth by
3: about 3,000 years. Wow. So a long time. And and again, you know, that Arthur C. Clarke uh, quote, that is, any significantly advanced technology would be indistinguishable from magic. Yes. So that's why, you know, anybody that associates, in my opinion, anybody that associates a nuts and bolts craft Anything that resembles our technology in any way, it can't be them. No, it can't be them. When you're talking about a 3000 year advanced alien race, there is that would be impossible to distinguish again. It would like people bring up this thing all the time of, oh, go drop a cell phone 100 years (laughs) from now. Now, think about dropping a cell phone 3000 years ago. Oh, yeah. We don't even know how to turn it on,
4: dude. <laughs> you know, it'd be like a brick. It'd be like they'd
3: be worshiping it, and it wouldn't be yeah. doing
4: shit. It might light up the flashlight. Yeah, might come on well, back, or there.
3: that they chop it up because they think it was obsidian, and they yeah. try and chop it up and use it as <laughs> spear points or whatever. You know, what I mean, but it, it, there's no way that they would be able to figure it out. There's mm-hmm. no way, and so. This whole idea that, oh, well, an advanced civilization is, is flying above us, and we see them, and not only that, a handful of them have crashed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're, you you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. we're talking about, if this is the Palladians, the first ones to create the technology that we know of as UFOs, how in the fuck are they crashing? How no. are they crashing? And people bring up all the time that, well, you know, Things happen, you know, that could have been a random lightning strike. I'm like, I don't know, man, if you're going to travel the cosmos, you're telling me not running into space lightning, <laughs> you know, you're, I mean, the micrometeorites alone, mm-hmm. the, the fact that we know that micrometeorites, they're like millimeters in diameter, just tiny, tiny fragments of debris flying through that are flying at what, 17,000 miles per hour. It's kind of freaky to go into space, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so you know, uh, crashing in Earth's atmosphere, you have According to NASA and everybody else, we have so much going on in space, we can't even get to the moon again. And yet, you have an alien species that can not only travel from the moon to us, but travel hundreds of thousands of light years away, and they're crashing in New Mexico? Even in Star Trek,
4: they have a deflector.
3: Dude. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I can't, that's what's hard for me, is that aspect. The aspect that... I, I'll buy that they're there. I'll buy that they exist. I'll buy that they travel through the universe. But I can't buy that these same advanced 3,000 year more than us are crashing in the Mexico desert, and our government recovered them Is interrogating these people.
4: Well, they're the head of the Galactic Federation, too. Yeah. So the
3: these particular beings
4: are actually from the Andromeda galaxy. So oh, okay, that, which that is the next closest to us, yeah, right? They're yeah, part of the Andromeda, you know, I think it's called the Council, actually, if I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they're often quoted as uh, by context as saying that they are extremely angry about the environmental destruction on Earth. It is also believed that the Pleiadians took in the Lyrans. Remember when we talked about that first video? The history Uh, of the Galactic Federation. Yep. So, refugees from their planet. So, they're a helper species. Yeah. They're they're the, you know, Benevolent ones, essentially.
3: See, I'm always so happy when what you bring to the table compliments what I. Because we didn't look through this shit at all no. together. Like, I didn't no. look at his shit. He didn't look at mine. He was like, I'm going to reference this. And it just. Yep. Like, fucking yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I love like it. That's that. fucking teamwork. Yeah, man. <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, yeah, man. I, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, i i want i i want to believe in the Palladians. I want to believe mm-hmm. in all these races. That would be super cool if it if it was true that you know, they're the more evolved of the races. They're like the ones
4: that have the Force.
3: Yes, you know exactly. I mean? so the like Jedi the, aliens, the, more like the Jedi aliens. Yes, see, they're all white. Yep. <laughs> 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 Albino. Come on, guys. Oh, so funny racism. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's – um, what do you what do you have? I'm sure you have more on the Palladians, do you? Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's about it. I yeah, mean, that's, that's pretty well yeah, – they're Nordics, basically. Yeah, um, very hu-
4: they're most human-like, the most connected to our species, yeah, essentially. Yeah.
3: That's the tall get, whites. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to call them. And that's the another hard part is, you know, you have so many different people that reference what seems to be the same thing. But they're referencing it in different ways. They're calling it different things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I say about with God. Yeah. You know, I call it energy. People call it God. They, they label, you know, Yahweh, mm-hmm. uh, Buddha, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, uh, but I think a lot of these things that people are referencing are the same thing from different cultures. Just mistaken identity or somebody doesn't hasn't read the other cultures and they just rename it themselves. So, yeah, most common. Well, and then we have the Syrians. Not Syrians as in Syrians, <laughs> but Syrians. <laughs> How do you spell the other Syrians? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is it spelled the exact same I, way? Because that'll be so. weird. Syria. Well,
4: no, it has a Y.
3: Okay, perfect. Good, I wasn't. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so we have the Syrians, and supposedly they originate from the Sirius star system and associated with advanced knowledge and technological capabilities described as tall Mm -hmm. beings with humanoid appearance. Apparently humans are short. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Everybody else is tall. They're all screwed. (laughs) They're all Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, yeah, you know, the other thing that makes me think about, like, the, the differences of all of this and, and also how similar it is, is they all are advanced knowledge. Mm-hmm. They're all technological capabilities. And it does make sense if they're a part of a galactic federation, because it seems to be the prerequisite is that you are able to go into space. Mm-hmm. It seems to be. So it makes sense. But at the same time. Like there's not a single other race that's like just a little bit dumber than humans but have also gone into space. You know what I mean? Like remember the Klingons? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they were dumber than us, just but angry. they they yeah, they <laughs> yeah. were angry and they did like, you know, animalistic type things. Yeah. yeah. All of these seem to be very um Like, again, going back to the human humanity being kind of projected Mm -hmm. on this is it reminds me of what humans aspire to be. Yes. They aspire to be knowledgeable. They aspire to be technologically advanced. That's what we want. We know it comes with with uh, convenience because we we see it all around us. Technology has made our lives significantly easier. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense that humans would say, Oh, I wish upon a star that I would get smarter and have the toys to be able to get me wherever I want and do what I want, you know? So it kind of makes sense that, again, that seems to me to be a very human aspiration, mm-hmm. you know? Not to say, like, ever I would imagine every race wants to be advanced, knowledgeable, and, you know, have technological capabilities, but... It just seems to be very human in nature, again, kind of going back to the similarities of the humanoid species and all that. So. But I do have a little clip here. It's a little bit of a long segment that we're going to go into about the Syrians. But there's actually quite a bit of information about them. And I do believe that's because it's probably one of the, along with the Palladians, it's one of the more common
4: yeah, and they were actually uh, related to teach the Egyptians what they know. Oh,
3: yes, so, that's, that's right. That's
4: kind of why we have more information about this okay, yeah. species.
3: So so here is a little breakdown um, by, who is this again? Uh, just settle down. Who is this? This is Aurora Ray. Check it out. But this is a good breakdown of who are the Syrians and their mission on Earth
8: the syrians
3: I meant to skip that. the syrians <laughs>
8: are a group of star beings and their appearance is often associated with that of the constellation orion they are said to be the highest level of being and it is said that up to 4% of the total population on earth has some type of syrian dna the Syrians
3: are also... So that's where... So if, there's, if there is hybridization going on, it came from the Syrians.
4: Yes, that's why. Because apparently the Syrians gave the Egyptians like their technology and their medical knowledge, too.
3: Ah, uh, yes. Okay.
8: So. so said to be the ancestors of the Native Americans, hmm. they are considered wizards and masters of the time. A Syrians' entire being is made up of past, present, and future... They live many lifetimes, from one to 11,000. They are imo-
3: 11,000 lifetimes. So it's not 11,000 years they live. They come back. So they can be reincarnated up to 11,000 times? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's,
4: that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> well, like and imagine like. Every day kind of thing, come
3: back. Well, yeah, imagine day. living to be like, let's say, 237 mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. That's a lot
8: mortal, and ageless. The Syrians live for eons and are apparently able to transcend space and time.
3: Well, they would have to. They
8: hold great wisdom and power. Syrians are pure energy and exist in all dimensions,
3: including... And see, that's another thing. That right there, I think, in my mind, is more probable. Is that if they're alien... And if they are that far advanced, they will have been able to transcend all dimensions all time. Mm-hmm. you know because we're we're just now figuring out this science and this math you know about time and all this stuff, three thousand years in advance. I mean
4: well they're who- attributed to actually building the pyramids,
3: yes, exactly so this
4: race of species, so so if, if they we went back in how time, how do-
3: yeah. Imagine if like they went through time to where they were and had to get so far technologically advanced that they're kind of going back and they gave humanity a bit of a jump start. Mm-hmm. You know, a, 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 a kind of a head start with technology. Maybe. ...the
8: third dimension. Syrians have a shield that surrounds them. Mm-hmm. The shield is made of a violet blue liquid. Syrians have the ability to shapeshift as well as the ability to teleport long distances. They also possess the ability to fly and, in rare cases, the ability to shapeshift into animals. Syrians also have the ability to alter time, space, and dimension.
3: So what this reminds me of, though, and this is my critical mind, but what it reminds me of is it reminds me of the guy, the kid that used to have in the neighborhood, that you'd all be playing outside, and you all have special powers, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, guys, pick your powers. And then there's that one kid that goes, yeah, yeah, but I got a force field. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I can do this. Yeah. And you're like, dude,
9: you can't, can't, you can't do that. You can't
3: have more than one. You can't, than one? You Come can't on. have more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, and they could also do this. And they mm-hmm. could, in some cases, they could do that. It's kind of like Superman. they can do, like, everything. Yeah. It's like,
4: unfair for all the other superheroes, you And know? so <laughs> that's
3: my whole thing is, like, I mean, they – if that's the case, they would have to be significantly advanced and not only that, significantly enlightened yes. to not just go, you're done, mm-hmm. you're done, you're done. If they're that, if they could be in every dimension, if they can be in any time, they if they were hostile in the slightest, yeah, they'd be able to literally blink anybody out of existence that they wanted to. It's like the
4: Thanos snap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. That's right
8: and to alter matter, the Sirian starseeds, also known as the Syrian High Council, that came to Earth to help humanity and have since committed themselves to the protection of the Earth. Syrians are often described as tall, thin, and gaunt, making them appear otherworldly. They also have long, glowing blue hair, and their skin is usually described as being translucent or glowing. The Syrians are commonly seen in natural settings such as deserts and forests. When entering the Earth's
3: atmosphere, they sometimes use jet black spacecraft.
8: They first became
3: aware of Earth. The jet black spacecraft kind of reminds me of the Black Knight satellite. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah, that was floating up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And yeah, when, when, when of was that? Oh man, when, yeah, when that like was yeah? When was that? Twenty uh, twenty. Let's see. I think it was prior to that. Because uh, we started checking it out, I think, in 2020, and it had already been the conspiracy theory is what it says. Not uh, the mothership, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Black oh, Knight, is. 1998, hmm. is when it first popped Jeez, up. So yeah, long. 1998 is when it was first photographed, and then theories have been coming out ever since then about it. But, uh, yeah. So, 98. So you were close? Yeah. You were close. <laughs> yeah. About 12 years away.
8: <laughs> years ago. It was then that the Syrians began to observe humanity and protect It's round math. It's not
3: yes. it's
4: not precise. It's round <laughs> math. lot can happen in 12 years? That's Go right, <laughs> exactly. Give them a break, everybody.
8: At first, they were cautious and distrustful of humanity. After centuries of observation, however, they began to realize that humanity was not a threat. The Syrians
3: all right so anyway, so there's some of that. Uh, we went past a little bit where I wanted to, but um, so that gives a good breakdown of like who they are, what they look like, where they're commonly found, things like that. so then another part of this goes into the what their mission is on earth, what they're actually doing here. I mean that went into it a little bit as well. they're trying yeah. to help humanity, you know and all that. Um, the
8: Syrians taught humans many advanced sciences, including the sciences of math, physics, chemistry, biology, and medicine. They also helped humanity with the construction of various technologies, such as the laser,
4: atomic you know, science. Kinda, the thing that bothers me about this is it undermines the idea of ingenuity by humans, though, at the same yep. time.
3: That's what I've said for a long time when when they, you know, people say, oh, well, UFOs have anti-gravity. I say, well, humans have been studying that since the 30s. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, aliens can, can do, you know, all kinds of things. And it's like, well, some of this technology, like the Roswell thing has said fiber optics came from that. Um, uh, what is it? Um, oh, transistors came mm-hmm. from that. It's like, well, no, we can actually attribute where this all came from. Yeah. From yeah. humanity, from actual scientists who put this shit together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, exactly. They're the
4: saying Einstein didn't have any of his own ideas. Yes, exactly. You know, math was all from these. Yeah,
3: these exactly. Aliens, yeah, but... and that's and again on the other side of it, I also don't like to attribute hum, humans douchiness mm-hmm. to aliens. Yeah, you know, just like I don't like to attribute. And you're absolutely right. Humans have the capability, the ingenuity to do this mm-hmm. innovation, but. You know, humans also are very capable of evil. Yes. And everybody yeah. wants to say, oh, it's the devil, oh, it's <laughs> aliens. Well, no, it could be politicians. There's your duality there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right.
8: Modern communications, robotics, and artificial intelligence. The Syrian star seeds, also known as the light workers, are seeds that contain the blueprint of the Syrian system. Starseeds are given this blueprint as a gift to assist humans in awakening and transitioning into the fifth dimension.
3: And there's that term starseed again like we brought up earlier, yeah.
8: The Syrians call this the New Earth. They are here to experience this beautiful planet in the process of becoming a paradise. Free from the tyranny and corruption that currently exists on Earth, the Syrians are opening many doors for us by their ongoing fight against the Cabal. They have revealed their presence to increase our understanding of our cosmic family. The need for continued secrecy is diminishing because the Syrian's light will restore planetary freedom, abundance, and unity consciousness.
3: So something that I think about a lot is, I know a lot of ufologists, a lot of UFO researchers, a lot of UFO believers alien believers, that believe this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? The the Syrians, that there's a a race that's watching over us. They're waiting for us to become enlightened and all this stuff. My argument is, then why even bother getting politicians on board to bring about disclosure if it's coming anyways? Mm -hmm. Why even bother? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right?
4: Yeah, they have to beat us to the game. That's why so I, so you know, why beating the syrians to release this information to us I yeah feel
3: like controlled yeah so why do we why do we need politicians to champion this for us if it's just going to take place if it's going to happen mm-hmm. let's just let it happen fuck these politicians <laughs> fuck the government well, don't get that, them involved that again at all. we always
4: talk about prs
3: prs what is it <laughs> What? what wait wait what is it oh yeah wait we got a thing problem (laughs) reaction Reaction, solution that's right that's right (laughs) so you know and and so that's why i think okay so why why even get the government involved in all let's just let this look let's all do our own thing become enlightened Mm -hmm. you know create your own positivity be that beacon of light and let this take place don't champion these motherfuckers in government (laughs) at all don't champion them at all because apparently we don't need them no we don't need them to bring (laughs) and in fact like we don't even need evidence of crash craft the syrians are out there it's going to be about giving us uh you know the uh the 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 goods that we need to move to move beyond this so yeah it's i don't understand why we're why we're doing that why are we getting them involved at all So I don't like it. I don't like giving the government money at all. And if this is the case, if this is the case that the Syrians are are on a mission to benefit humanity, give us the science, give us the technology, then eventually we won't need the government anyways because we've got this uh, watchful race. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You had brought up, actually it came up earlier in one of the clips that we did, the Arcturians. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're believed to come from Arcturus, often described as highly intelligent. Again, something that's very common in all these races and possess healing and telepathic abilities. They're regarded as guides, mentors for humanity's spiritual evolution. And again, why even bother with disclosure? If we have, I mean, just pray to these people. You know, don't be, don't be praying to the, you know, to the, uh, to the politicians, man. <laughs> You know, no bueno, dude, no bueno. We have a a little clip about the Arcturians. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Arcturians is that yeah, right? That Arcturians. Right, yeah. uh, so here we have uh, two parts: the most evolved alien species in our galaxy, and the Earth's wardens the arcturians
10: the arcturians are a group consciousness extraterrestrial race that is highly evolved and come from the blue planet orbiting the red giant star arcturus in the buodes constellation arcturus is about 36 light years from our solar system astronomers have yet to discover the arcturian solar system which is around a system composed of arcturus and pleiades Arcturians are a galactic civilization, renowned for their ability to heal instantly. This is possible because they've grasped one concept. They know thoughts become things, and have mastered the manifestation ability to do this instantly. Thoughts becoming things is a concept that humans are picking up on in the masses now. Products are entering the marketplace, infused with Arcturian healing, and they are powerfully effective. The products are profound because the Arcturians have mastered the conscious that's mind the and the energy. Then. Yeah.
4: So that's what that comes down to. These beings apparently have trained or, or basically teaching us the idea of manifest destiny, manifesting yeah. what you want in your life, you know, that's creating right. things.
3: Yep. And, you know, I mean, I, I, again, we talked about that belief, being able mm-hmm. to do that through belief, being able to do that through faith their placebos exist. Yeah. Big time. So all of these things point to the fact that, that uh, the human mind is very capable of forming. uh, Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. An alternate reality Mm -hmm. in which you can not only heal yourself based on previous uh, research studies that have been done of people getting curative effects from placebos right so we have all that so so it manifesting these things that's not a, any stretch of the imagination you know, manifesting is real
4: this makes me think too that excuse me that all of these beings have seeded these things into us mm-hmm. and that we have all these capabilities the problem is we're being blocked from that's right reaching these abilities
3: and that's the real cover-up Mm -hmm. the real cover-up is humanity is already capable of this kind of power and plus some probably plus some because we don't have any we don't have any real knowledge of how these ancient cultures did what they were able to do as far as architecture um, the mayans and their ability to to map the sky you know, all these different cultures that had, had I mean the the idea that they were performing surgery, mm-hmm. brain surgery in ancient cultures. There's there's actual historical reference for this.
4: Oh yeah, they release
3: pressure off the yes. brain, you know, they drill a hole. In How the skull. did they know that? Yeah, you would have to have a knowledge of anatomy. Mm-hmm. And as far as we know, we we can't we, we have no idea uh How? Like, where did they get that knowledge from? Mm -hmm. So, you know, was it passed down? Was it knowledge that was passed down to us from either us, humanity, finding another advanced civilization? Or is it something like this, where there were alien races that were involved in
10: giving us this knowledge? controls they are higher beings working with the evolution of earth and humanity into the new age into the realization of oneness unity consciousness and in the restoration of harmony upon and within the earth this means oh and also i wanted to
3: show you this so while we're while we're i went through i went uh, past it a little bit but while we're looking at this i wanted to show you that uh, with this uh you know healing stuff to do with arcturians There is a bunch of, (laughs) which, look, I mean, hey, I don't know if it works or not, (laughs) but it is very fascinating that there is Advanced Arcturian Frequencies Healing Session. You know, get get it for 20% off. Arcturian Council of Twelve, Altering Our Personal (laughs) Destiny Patterns, 20% off. Uh, Arcturian Brain Lightning Frequency. You know, Reiki to remove trauma. That's that's generally you know, Reiki, real. Reiki hurts, too. You ever done Reiki before? No, I have not. The, like, I had a lady with a staff, like,
4: stand on my back and, yeah. like, push down. I was like, she oh, she my God. She put it up your butt? Oh, no, not that Oh, far, bummer. But... <laughs> bummer. <laughs> not
3: that kind of Reiki. Does that charge extra? <laughs> that might have been in the back room, but. <laughs> <laughs> then you have the Octurian Trinity energy pendant. Huh. You know, you have all these different <laughs> things. So, again, I mean, I think what these are is these are they don't necessarily have any power Mm -hmm. in themselves it is the belief of the individual that gives these things power and you can call that a placebo you can call that whatever you want but i think it has more to do with the human consciousness than it does the octarian power Mm -hmm. that's my own that's my own thoughts on it um but, but, you know, I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm really wrong. Maybe I'm a dumbass and I'm not looking at it the right way. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it continues on.
10: ...working toward each of us, seeing, feeling, and living in harmony and unity right here and now upon Earth. They and have-
3: another something I want to break here is say, I love these messages. You know, I'm not against this message. When I say this shit, I don't know if it's real. I don't know. I'm all about the messages of peace, enlightenment, harmony, oneness. I, you know, I'm all about that. but human as you said, and as I've pointed out multiple times, humanity is capable of this. Mm-hmm. But people, I think a lot of times, people want to attribute this because they don't see the strength within themselves. They don't see that they've lost faith in humanity or in themselves. So they need an external deity or an external race of aliens that are helping to make this happen because they don't believe they have the power within themselves.
10: High intelligence and our natural critical thinkers and natural analysts being very mentally polarized. They appear, therefore, strong and capable, like leaders. Arcturians are well known for their power of healing. This mostly defines what Arcturians are as an amazing race among this galaxy. However, Arcturians are also able to accomplish additional powers through the aid of their mastery of the conscious mind. Many call the Arcturian way the art of the mind, and rightfully so. Their skill- See, And that right there is a, is an indicator Of
3: exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The art of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's humanity. That's a human quality. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, uh, again, all the crazy chemicals going on in the brain with DMT and uh, who knows what going on that can propel a human through meditation.
4: No, the pineal gland in itself,
3: you know, that's the the third eye. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, I, I feel like these are human traits that are elevated and exaggerated and given to a potential alien race as opposed to people just simply saying humans are capable of this it's kind and of like that,
4: our mythos with uh, superheroes
10: yes exactly that's right skills and knowledge in working with spiritual energies are immense and they are capable of helping us with many different aspects of our multi-dimensional self such as with energetic purification, grounding, soul awareness, and with working in energetic ways with our chakras and light bodies. Arcturians are full of life and are not shy when it comes to receiving attention. They're planners and work hard to fulfill their plans. It is said that some star seeds are not good at expressing emotions except for anger. However, they may fall into a pattern of being angry simply to avoid showing more real emotions. So when one is in a relationship with one, it is necessary to be patient to more sensitive souls their power can make them overwhelming to be around and their need for attention is exhausting
3: <laughs> and again yeah. and again i've known so many humans like yeah. that i've yeah. known so many humans where yes their need for attention is exhausting we're going to wait till them an angry anymore right? I, what i find really funny <laughs> is like You know, those people that just go, I'm a bitch and that's all there is to it. I'm just a bitch. That's who I am. Like this is, I'm just an Octarian. I'm annoying. I need attention. I'm Octarian. I can't help it. So can you imagine meeting, to me, it would be really grating on me if I met a human that was saying they were Octarian and saying, I can't help myself. I'm annoying. I'm obnoxious because I'm Octarian. I'm going to be like, you're a dick bag. (laughs) Uh, and you can call yourself whatever you want, but yes, your need for attention is exhausting. I just found that really funny that one of the descriptors of this, and I can just, I can just picture a 21 and a half year old with pink hair saying I am Octarian and my attention, my, my need for attention is exhausting. Uh, so anyways, that, that really cracked me up. I was like, Oh really? That's a
4: supposedly they have, uh, Control of a craft that actually protects Earth, though, too.
3: Oh, really? The Arcturians? Yeah, they're they're oh. the
4: one of the most advanced, actually, beings okay. as well. Yeah. So they're protecting us right now, which is kind of... See, that's what I get back to this kind of this <laughs> superhero idea. You know, it's like, what are, we, what are we looking at here, man? Yeah.
3: Well, and again, it's human nature. Mm-hmm. We... Humans have a really good habit. Not good. A really bad habit habit that happens frequently of not giving ourselves credit yeah you know we want to externalize that power because we don't believe that humanity is capable of that that i think is something that really separates the old world from the new world is the old world even though yes they attributed a lot of things to um gods and whatnot they still like they strived for greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, they people would monks would spend their entire lives trying to open up their their potential. You know, the whole idea of mages, you know, and things like that. And and anybody who knew medicine, it was it was about um achieving more. Mm-hmm. And and you know, another fascinating fact is a lot of or something is uh that a lot of these people that came up with the alternative theories weren't necessarily religious. Yeah,
4: no, they weren't.
3: You know, a lot of them were very (laughs) scientifically based. Yeah, Yeah. and so they came up with these things and unlocked a lot of human potential because they believed in the power of humanity and they didn't necessarily attribute anything to gods. They didn't really even necessarily believe that. It's a very common thread is that... uh, A lot of these people did not believe in in higher powers.
4: Well, and I I have a theory about this, too, that, you know, if these beings, they were influencing our genetic makeup or whatever, and we have parts of them in us, too. Yeah. I feel like maybe we're actually very powerful and they don't want us to find our true potential. And that's my number. Reptilians, man. Yeah. They want to hold us back. Sure. Well, so that, and again, I mean, that could
3: be that could be government. Yeah. You know, it could be people like Charles Schwab. Mm-hmm. Charles Klaus Schwab. Klaus. Charles Schwab. Put on your um, Vulcan uniform. Yeah, Come Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You would like the bugs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's the the whole, you know, uh, who knows, man? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But but it is a very interesting thing when you have a lot of people that continue to give these very human traits to things that we don't know if they exist or not as opposed to saying well humans are capable of this too just not anymore you know we've lost that ability or whatever um do you have anything else on the arcturians uh let's
4: see so we talked about like they have a spacecraft that protects earth you know yep um, their skin is said to be greenish color. Their eyes are large, almond shaped, like the greys. They also said to sometimes have only three fingers. So that's kind of weird, huh? Oh, suggesting a source for the saying "little green men,"
3: used by many people. So we've heard oh, that. Oh, that's term the too. source. Is the Arcturians? Yep. Yes. Oh yep. wow. well, what's so. interesting though is they were also described as tall. Yes. So. <laughs> so very weird. So maybe they're tall for them for their race. Yep. Maybe, yeah, you know, <laughs> weird, weird. I don't know. That's another thing. You know, it's hard to know because cross-reference.
4: So, uh, you yeah, know, a lot of this exactly. it's all kind of the same, different, different wheel. Exactly. Right? That's right. Uh, let's see. So, so, they can move between planets uh, at will without the need for a spaceship. Sometimes shamans consider the Octurian or Yeti to be enlightened beings. So this brings in the idea that Yeti or these other other really? you know,
3: cryptoids that are part of this too. So, they're, so the Yetis could potentially be connected somehow to the Arcturians?
4: So what I've kind of figured out from research in this, kind of like Sasquatch or Yetis, those are interdimensional beings yeah. that are kind of like time recorders or scientists for these other beings. Really? These Arcturians, they come in. That's why they people see them, but then they go away. Oh, There's no way to capture I a Sasquatch see. because they're... An interdimensional being that's coming here to record something yeah. for them, kind of like the reptilians use the grays, so they horror. can
3: portal out at any point in time. Basically, yes. yeah, yep. yeah. Wow, fascinating. Well, and and again, who knows, man? I mean, that's that's, it. but it is interesting. I've never heard that before that they were mm-hmm. connected to the yeti. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, yeah, all these different.
4: It's all intertwined. Yeah, like of course, of found, course so. it is. Yeah,
3: I mean that's that's a common thread, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, speaking, you know, what we've been doing is we've been talking about a lot of these races that what are kind of came from within Orion. Mm-hmm. And so I got a little bit of a breakdown of what is going on in Orion, uh, the Orion Belt. What is going on? What are the traits and the characteristics of an Orion star seed is what we're going to talk about here.
7: Uh, let me bring it in. Here in the book the prism of lyra orion is described as an arena where an earlier conflict between masculine and feminine service to self versus service to others and negative and positive was moved as a further attempt at integration
3: and if you remember our first clip that we went into or not the first one the one about uh the galactic federation and all the kind of the history of the battle that took place and things like that is um, they talked about the separation of positive, negative, masculine, feminine. It was basically all the opposites, as you had said, the duality. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're referencing here. The
7: star Rigel was once inhabited by a blonde race that left to inhabit Procyon after the Greys invaded. It is now part of the draconian-ruled Orion Empire, a.k.a. the Unholy Six, Bellatrix is home to warrior reptilians. Mm. Betelgeuse, the Alpha Star of Orion, is home to the underground resistance, known as the Black League. There are long-nosed greys that live there. There are positive Orionians influencing Earth.
3: Orionians. <laughs> it's like they took Oregonians. Yeah, plural, right? <laughs> yeah, and just kind of take take the G out yeah. Orionians. Horio. <laughs>
7: Orion star seeds have a thirst for knowledge and tend to be analytical and intellectual.
3: Well imagine that they're smart asses. <laughs> so um that's kind of breaking down the different the the different planets, star systems within the Orion's belt and like who's attached to who. And these are known as like the actual looking of the Greys. Correct. The Orions. Exactly. Exactly. And so really, I mean that you know, that's there's a The hard part about the Orions is it seems to be that the Orions are a collection Mm -hmm. of different races, a collection of different beings, as opposed to one race. Like we've been kind of breaking down, you know, one race at a time, but the Orionians uh, or Orionians or whatever uh, seem to be a hodgepodge of other alien races. Yeah, it's kind of it like if you're
4: right? American, you could be Chinese American, yes, Native American. Exactly, you could be that's right. African American, you know what I mean? That kind yeah, of thing. or
3: an Orionian,
4: and maybe the original species, or kind of like the Native Americans would be like the Greys. Yes, the original.
3: Exactly, that's right. And then we have this is kind of one of my favorite ones is uh, the mantis. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these beings. are weird. Uh, Because, first of all, I don't like bugs. Uh, But this is a very interesting take from, of course, the best ancient aliens. California, even. Yeah. (laughs) And they talk about praying mantis aliens that supposedly abducted a young girl. Again, from the Ancient Alien Show. Covina,
8: California, 1963. 17-year-old Linda Porter awakens to find herself aboard a strange craft, from what she is able to recall later
3: under hypnosis. Under hypnosis, keep that in mind. That's my linchpin right there that I don't like. All creature that appeared to be a gray alien. Just there's too much fuckery with, uh, with, with hypnosis and hypnotic regression, specifically with aliens and UFOs, for me to completely just be like, oh, wow, they unlock these genuine memories with, you know what I mean?
1: So anyways, believe what you want. her towards a light-filled room where she encountered another type of
8: being, one much taller and with the features of a praying mantis.
9: There have been quite a number of different types of aliens seen allegedly by contactees. But the ones that are really peculiar and very rare are these very scary, skinny, large, basically intelligent insects that have been reported. And the gray aliens
8: may handle the person who's being abducted, but in the background,
3: there's this praying mantis type that seems to be calling the shots. So that's another very interesting aspect of this is you'll hear numerous accounts of different types of races being in control of the greys. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the draconians, there's the mantis types, there's the tall whites that have all been. I, I found different accounts from a whole bunch of different people that that say different ones. Yeah, well, and that's what if you look at it too,
4: I mean, the greys could even be... Like the ones are depicting here in this mm-hmm. video, where they have the mantis in control, they could be like clones, supposedly. Yeah, that's true. So the reptilians are supposedly still trying to take over Orion to this day, oh. so they might even have captured some of these greys and have enslaved them, is what I'm kind of getting. You know, kind of okay. like Star Wars. I mean, really, it's what it's. It's just very similar to that. Yeah, these mantis are kind of like a hive mind. They're
3: in control of some of these species too, as well. So yeah. it's just interesting because. Again, I mean, there's a lot of different accounts of who's controlling who. Mm-hmm. And it just really makes you think, you know. And then when you go into the war and who's in control of what, I mean, man, is it an ever-evolving, you know, war where it, it control changes hands? Mm-hmm. You know, is it one of those situations? Um, very, very interesting stuff. So then I've got something um, here. Stop it. No, I do not want to do that. Uh Again, from Ancient Aliens, about insects working within government, <laughs> potentially. Here he is, David Childress. I think is what his name yeah. is Childress, Childress or Childress I mean, or yeah. whatever.
1: whohouse claimed that he worked at a secret laboratory, supposedly in the Papoose Mountains of Area 51 in Nevada, and that since 1953, the American government had an insectoid alien. That was working with them. His name was J-Rod. J-Rod. J-Rod.
3: <laughs> J-Rod. This is like a basketball player.
1: Dude, I, well, A-Rod. A-Rod. A-Rod was a
6: baseball player. Yeah. So, yeah,
3: that that cracked me up. J-Rod, the names. <laughs> you know, that's, again, it's like some of these things, those are the little things that hang me up. Mm-hmm. You know, like either, A, that name was a, given to them by some douchebag idiot. <laughs> yeah. Who's like, oh, let's just call him J-Rod. You know, or is it like, did they take the first letter of the real name and then take the middle of it out and put Rod at the end because it ended in Rod? I don't know. Just what a weird name to give an alien, J-Rod.
6: J-Rod. Suppose- you might as well name him Bennifer. <laughs> assisted the military in understanding and duplicating the incredible power systems and futuristic technology that was combined and created for the Kingman craft.
8: Shortly after Bill Ewhouse broke the story, microbiologist Dan Burrish came forward to confirm his claim.
3: So yeah, so apparently somebody come forward to confirm the claim that this uh, insectoid worked for and they don't necessarily say it was a mantis Mm -hmm. you know i was trying to find where they specifically mentioned like what kind of an insectoid it was but they never mention that it was mantis or roach or you know whatever they don't say any of that they simply say insectoid so that's why i thought well this this might be the same thing this might be a mantis type that's working within government, which, again, they're shisty bastards. so that, that leads to, well, no wonder they're preying on people. You know, if that's the case, abducting, well, it's government again, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other part of this is the,
1: um, well, it's the other part of this. Anyways, <laughs> here's, here's the rest. This insectoid alien uh, J-Rod. Said that what a dumb name, J. Rod. <laughs> There's
3: <Sophie's> face, <laughs> Sophie Space Kitty. Sophie.
1: He had actually come from our future. <gasps> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, it came from our future. And here's his message: that at some time in the near future to us, there is a catastrophe on this planet, and much of mankind is destroyed. And that mankind splits into two different species. Hmm. And one of these species Mm -hmm. goes and lives underground. And while underground, they develop these insectoid traits. Which is exactly what the Hopi and Zuni and even Navajo legends say.
3: So that's very interesting that potentially these aliens come from us. Yeah. They're a a break off basically. Yeah. That they evolved into uh, or from us uh, based on this giant catastrophe that happened that took place, which that is really fascinating. So, you know, we attribute the, the reptiles of course to that, Mm -hmm. but then we also now have apparently due to with the Hopi Indians, they are referencing that ha- insectoids being a um, evolution uh, line of humans, which mm. is really weird. So that again lends to the idea that they're humanoids. But yeah, weird stuff, man. weird stuff. And speaking of ancient cultures and them talking about aliens, we have the oldest. Sumerian uh, uh, cultures talking about the Anunnaki, I believe, right?
5: Yeah,
4: yep, those are the Anunnaki. Yep. The fallen angels.
3: Mythology of the gods or aliens? Yep.
9: The Anunnaki are a group of deities who appear in the mythological traditions of the ancient Sumerians, Akkadians, Assyrians, and Babylonians. In the earliest Sumerian writing about the gods, the Anunnaki are the most powerful deities over a pantheon of lesser gods. Descending from An, the god of the heavens, and Kai, the goddess of earth, the primary function of these all-powerful gods was to decree the fates of humanity. Astriologist Samuel Noah Kramer identified Kai with the Sumerian mother god Ninurzag, going on to state that they were once considered one in the same. The oldest of the Anunnaki was Anlil, the god of air and chief god of the Sumerian pantheon
3: and that goes back to the book of enoch mm-hmm.
9: all that stuff
3: sorry Sumerian stuff too that's right yeah exactly
9: theyns believe that until unlil was born heaven and earth were inseparable until unlil split the two and carried away the earth while his father an carried away the sky the earliest known usage of the term anunnaki comes from inscriptions written during the reign of Gudea, approximately 2144 to 2124 BCE, and the third dynasty of Ur.
3: So it goes way back, way back. So that is where the Anunnaki come from, Samaria. We have talked about that a lot. That's we've the ta- giants. <laughs> that's right. We've talked about the Anunnaki, the seeding, where that comes from, the Book of Enoch. We went into it with Floyd. Uh, we've gone into it a lot. But that one is really fascinating um, because it is—is is it kind of the origin?
4: Mm-hmm. It's kind of an origin story,
5: yeah,
3: yeah of all these other races. Um, but yeah, we've we've talked about that a lot. I mean, you can go back to numerous shows where we brought in the Anunnaki and and all that. And there's even—I had a great conversation with one of our uh, Tinfoil Militia members, <laughs> Jesse, about the idea of um, the Anunnaki and the Uh, Akashic records Mm -hmm. and that maybe through the Akashic records, we are touching in or tapping into this ancient DNA uh, that ties back to the Anunnaki. Hmm. And so anyways, I don't know. I mean, I could be getting that wrong, you know, but uh, we had a a good conversation about it. I'm always trying to get her on the show (laughs) anyways, but um, yeah, so that's, that's, Way back again, Sumerian, uh, the you know, one of the oldest living or, or recorded cultures, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, they're talking about this. And again, why would they tell why, if they're not true, if they're fairy tales and legends and stories, why did they go through such extreme measures to make sure that that knowledge passed on in the architecture?
4: Well, yeah, because you have pictures of giants, of dwarfs, of goblins. I mean, yep. all this mythology shows you these things.
3: Yeah, and is it really mythology, or mm-hmm. is it is it actual you know history? Yeah, is it history? And and because it's so fantastic, you know, the the powers that be are like, oh, well, it must be mythology. It can't possibly be uh, real stories or real culture. Mm-hmm. Watch out, she's a she's a go getter. <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So uh, you know, and then another one, uh, you know, which you could you could argue are the grays, are the zeta Reticulin. Oh yeah, reticulans. And I have a Sophie. What are you doing? Come here, <laughs> Sophie. Giddy. She wants to say hi. Come here. Come here. Anyways, nope. She's just gonna be a nuisance. That's okay. Anyways, um. So where does that come from? The zeta reticulize reticulans or whatever. Where was the first? reference to this well if you recall in 1961 we have the betty and barney hill case and that is where betty supposedly says that she um was given a star map and this star map when she drew it out and then it was checked by astrologers astronomers whatever i can't remember it's astronomers right mm-hmm. Um, it was Zeta Reticuli, hmm. right? If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure. But here's her story by, from her, Betty Hill herself, about the tale, because it's worth going over the whole sighting, in case people don't know. But here it is from herself, Betty Hill.
11: September 19, 19 1961. Bonnie and I am driving home from Montreal. Saw a strange light in the sky. which changed direction, came in, started following us. In an area known as Indian Head, it came out over the highway, stopped in midair, and no. Bonnie got Sorry. out with the binoculars in an attempt to identify this craft. You know the, the old-fashioned straw hats that men used to wear—the flat crown and the brim—that's what it was shaped like. And then, along one side, it had a big, big picture window, and it was had uh, dividers in it. And as he's looking up at it, and he could see people standing in the windows looking down at him.
3: Not aliens. (laughs) People.
11: And the craft began to descend, and he had the feeling they were trying to kidnap him. He ran back to the car. We were speeding down the highway to avoid capture. And then later, they were standing in the middle of the road blocking our way. This is what we saw when the car motor stalled out.
3: I see. And there's something. I see. <laughs> All right. So she sees these aliens. They look like people. Yeah, right? hmm Exactly. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, let's say, because she was hypnotically regressed. Oh, that's right. So let's say that what she saw was people, was military. I mean, look at the hats. You could argue that could be military fatigues. Yeah, especially if it's dark at That's night. That's right. They have and a light so on their face. Let's say that that person, you know, let's say that, they're, that this hypnotic regressionist, because what, there's a handful of them? Yeah. That do, do, <laughs> do actual UFO stuff on the regular. So how hard would it be for the government to capture these people? Oh, not hard, not hard not at all. Not hard at all. Okay. So, and if you look at the Paul Benowitz case and the extent to which the US government fucked with this guy, you could honestly say that they encouraged a hypnotic regressionist to implant memories with MKUltra-style experiments to make it look like aliens <laughs> instead of people. Mhm. And that's it. So, it could be. I don't know, but that's that's what my brain goes to initially. So I don't know. Um, she continues on a little bit further on here. She continues with this going into the actual star map.
11: We were taken on board and they were, we were told to relax. No harm was going to come to us. And we did. And they did some testing of both Bonnie and me. And uh, showed me the star map of where they were from. There it is.
9: Okay. This is the map you drew.
11: Yep.
10: Now, what? what this is amazing, because
9: how now
11: much did you stars know about the star? Yeah. Not a thing. Mm. About six weeks later.
3: She claims, which I don't doubt her one bit, she claims that she knew nothing about astro- uh, astronomy. She knew nothing about the star, she, which I believe that. I don't believe that she did. Um, but again, all it would take is someone with that knowledge to give her that knowledge through hypnotic regression.
4: Mm. To yeah. implant that That's seed, it.
3: Yeah. That's it. And to her, it would be an original thought, yeah. an original idea. It would not have come from the, the hypnotic regressionist. It would have come from the aliens.
4: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Very, very. I mean, when I say easy to do, I'm not saying <laughs> I can whip it up in a bowl, but I'm saying that... <laughs> The government has been at this for a very, very long time, and to argue that they can't, I think, is foolish. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about mind control down the road here. Yeah, with Floyd again, (laughs) we're going to have him back on talking about mind control and belief structures Mm -hmm. having to do with all that.
11: Bonnie and I had gone out in the evening, and when we came home on the kitchen table was a pile of dried leaves, which wasn't there when we left. And when I went to clean up the pile of dried leaves... There was my blue earrings I was wearing that night. See, the experience itself happened in 1961, but it was not known until a Boston newspaper reporter found out about it. And it ran for five days on the front pages of the Boston newspaper. I went on TV, I was questioned by F. Lee Bailey, and then I sat down and had lie detector testing. In front of the whole country. And I had very, very high ratings for honesty and truthfulness.
3: And look, I mean, when we think about that, again, no discredit to her, but she, a lie detector test would not show she was lying if she truly believes it. It doesn't mean, like, if you have an implanted memory... You are going to believe that shit. Yeah, because the lie detector picks up on that's right. You know, you can. And like a, in a your a mind, you're pen. not lying. Yeah, you can. You can beat it with a. That's pin right. on the Bottom of your shoe. That's you know, right. Your you, mind. If you this. believe it, you can achieve it. Yep. <laughs> Meaning, passing mm-hmm. a lie detector test. And so, uh, so no, I, I, you know. As much as I want to believe in that, again, the lack of evidence, we are left with questions. And some of those questions are, how reliable was this hypnotic regressionist? How do we know he wasn't captured? How do we know that these memories were not, you know, altered in some way? Uh, Somehow, we we have no basis of what her memories were prior Mm -hmm. to being hypnotically regressed. Because it's not like she was writing down all these memories prior yeah most of this yeah. stuff comes from after she was hypnotically regressed, so yeah I mean you know it's uh it's very interesting so to not you know it it is fascinating it's a fascinating case the fact that she was was given this information about the zeta reticulans um or whatever they are um is fascinating so I don't know what to believe on that you know I mean but that's the first reference we have for them yeah it was
4: yeah, the, what was it sixty one? They said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a
3: long ago. Yeah. And they're they are commonly the most common referenced species in abductions. Mm-hmm. Is these the Zetas? Short, gray skin, large black eyes. They're the grays. Yeah. So you have the same thing, a different name. Exactly. Once, once again, this cross reference, and you know? we've highlighted that multiple times in cultures and everything mm-hmm. else that do that. It's like five species actually. In right. The alien yeah. Race. <laughs> Not yeah. fifty-seven. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, we've gone into Phil Schneider quite a bit about his claims. He really claims, you know, about these, an alien race being underground, Dolce, New Mexico. Um, but it really covers a lot of what we talked about already. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, let's see, what's this? What do I have here? This was the... Oh, yeah, this was the alien races and in inner earth... Uh, entities descriptions and it has the agarians alpha draconians the Altarians, amphibians amoeba like creatures which all these are related to gods too yeah the amphibians exactly. are more of the asian culture that's too. right yeah so i mean there's a lot of you know what's interesting is to me i find it fascinating that you have the inner earth Beings are far more exotic yes. than the Galactic Federation aliens. That why is that? Is that? Is
4: strange, right? You know,
3: why is it that inner Earth we have amphibians, we have amoeba-like creatures, whereas we don't have any of that out in the... We don't have amoeba-like creatures floating around in the universe, apparently, no. according to uh, the Galactic Federation. They're all humanoid. Mm-hmm. Or most of them, yeah. Most of them. Yeah. But yet in the ocean, you have nothing humanoid. No, no. In fact, on Earth, humans are one of the rare humanoid animals. Yeah, there's more bugs than us here, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) so to me, that argument that humanoid beings are the most common in the universe, well, even on Earth, that's not the case. No. So why would that be the case in the whole universe, unless that's a hierarchy of evolution, but it, it's not even the case of ours. I mean, no. if you look at, uh, I mean, cockroaches are going to outlive humanity they for already, sure. They already have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they already have. Sharks have. Yeah, I, you know. I mean, there's, there's. In fact, you could argue that the only other humanoid species, uh, uh, dinosaurs, mm-hmm. were wiped out. Yeah, and that what remained are mostly non-humanoid creatures so i don't know man i don't you know it's hard it's hard for me to uh this one you could go on and on and on about the possibilities of each race the descriptions what they are how they, but it really comes down to again faith and belief that these things exist Because we don't have, aside from the weird aspects of human DNA that you do see about us having a tail, uh, you know, a a tailbone. There is some weird things about reptilian. But maybe it's because, evolutionary speaking, we come from fish. (laughs) We, maybe we come from a turtle hybrid, you know, maybe it's not alien. Maybe it's a a tadpole. Could be a derivative of what we are. Who knows, Mm -hmm. man? You know, I mean, there's all these crazy theories about how these alien races came to be. And maybe we're missing over some of the more dramatic and exotic features of human evolution that we're missing from 65 million years ago to, to now. Yeah, There's a lot of history in there that we just have no
4: idea about. Well, why is it that you can see a chimpanzee and then a modern human, but all these missing links are gone? That's right. Why did they all disappear? Yeah, exactly.
3: And so maybe humanity didn't split off into one or two or even three different species. Maybe humanity or human DNA, whatever you want to call it, that makes us us split off in a thousand different directions. Mm Mm-hmm. It could be throughout the whole galaxy, too. That's right. That's right. If we, if we came from Mars or yeah, another planet. And- but simply based on what we see on Earth, I see more non-humanoid beings, like you said, insects to animals. We are, we are not the most common feature on Earth, hum- humans. No. We're not. No. So I have a hard time believing that that's the case throughout the entire universe. But that's just me. I, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. But uh, there's a lot to this, man. I mean, we got the Hopkinsville Goblin, <laughs> again, a small green, silverish humanoid. We've got the little green men, like you yep. said, that seems to be the Arcturians. Yeah, isn't that it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. And there's a derivative of that too. You exactly. Know. Exactly. You've got other types: the Mothman, the Jersey Devil, Loch Ness Monster. It's all the cryptids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got you got a ton of different things, man. A ton of different things on top of the idea. That there are other races out there in the universe, so who really knows? And that's where I land on every single time. <laughs> is we we never land on a solid answer. It's always well, what if, what if, what if? And and to me, that doesn't add up to evidence. No, it adds up to a fun conversation, speculation, and uh, but but people that like to come out and say, well, this is how it is. This exists. It's a fact. Don't buy into that. Nobody no. fucking knows. We barely understand ourselves, let alone other things out there. So, so I, you know, believe what you want. But. I'm going to continue questioning things. I yeah, mean, until we have
4: like a real reptilian laying out to study. That's
3: right. We need to go on a hunt. Exactly. That's, <laughs> right. that's right. That's right. You know. Yeah, I, I would love to, man. I mean, you know, one of these days, I mean, I have an experiment in mind. Uh, mm. I've told you about where I want to capture energy and I want to actually be able to get some real solid data. Uh, potentially with no skewed because I'm agnostic. So I'm not going to bring my belief into it. You know, I'm building a, a group of people that they're, mm-hmm. have no belief structure in this that are won't sway the experiment whatsoever. We are going to capture real raw energy as it exists in the sphere using a couple of tools that I don't want to give it away yet. No, it'll be cool. But it will be super cool. And I think if we do it right... It will be the first truly unbiased, um, pure study done on this phenomenon. So whatever we get, I think will be legitimate. But uh, but I'll be that'll be more towards Halloween. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Uh, so, anyways, it's it's gonna be fun. But uh, but anyway, I you know I think we did a pretty good deep dive. Yeah, oh, yeah. I we mean, again, you can around, you can yeah. go over this and over and over and over and over again. You can go into. I mean, people have again. We highlighted multiple people that have books upon books going into descriptions and and what this is but what what do they really know what do they really know i don't know (laughs) i don't know and i'm not going to argue with somebody who believes that that is their reality because as i have pointed out multiple times the nature of reality means i don't know shit about yours and that's where i'm going to land on i don't know shit about your reality so if you tell me you see 400 spaceships in the sky at any given moment okay Okay. I, I would love to. I wish I was Maybe I do, maybe I don't. I don't know. That might be a little bit too much. I might uh, I might uh, shit my pants if I see 400 spaces. <laughs> yeah, 400 a lot. Maybe like two. Uh, maybe little, Yeah, maybe two. <laughs> maybe two. Even one's a lot, you yeah. know, but uh, but uh, 400, yeah. So anyways, but uh, that's it, man. I mean, I, you know, as always, as always the question is what do you all think? That's what I want to know. I want to know what you think. Hit us up. We got a multitude of ways to hit us up. We got an email. I want to believe 115 at gmail.com. Uh, we've got uh, phone number 208-47-1288. You can hit us up that way. Become a member of the Tinfoil Militia. Talk to us directly on Discord and all kinds of other things. As always, every single episode is brought to you by the amazing motherfuckers that make this podcast possible, the Tin Foil Militia. Here they are. You love them. You know them. The Tin Foil Militia, baby. Oh, yeah. I believe
6: I see militia
2: forming. Tin Foil Militia.
0: Stop militia.
2: The Tin Foil Militia.
1: I joined the militia, but why would you?
3: What do you think tap
4: water
2: is?
3: It's a gay bomb, baby. Oh, Casey Armadella and Liz, his wonderful wife. Thank you guys so much for doing all the merch stuff. I appreciate you. Michael Ralston, thank you. Matthew Morfitt, as always, thank you, sir. Jet Life Teague, Rihanna, and Brian Eckert. Love you guys. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Uh, Happy couple. Just newly married Edwin Everhart, the OG designer, tinfoil hat wearing Aaron rice, Jesse. Hope you're doing good girl. Carlton Turner. Thank you, sir, for upping your donation. Uh, Michael Benavides, who's been with us uh, since the beginning Morgan. And of course, last, but certainly not least is Nathan (laughs) boldly gone. Higby. And uh, you know, as always, look, I, I want everybody to reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel about the episode. If we're getting it wrong, tell Tell us we're wrong. I love it when people tell me I'm wrong. Cause you know what I first ask when people tell me I'm wrong? I say, why, why am I wrong? Tell me why I'm wrong. So let's have a conversation. Cause I would love to. So however you feel about things, whatever you believe, I love you. And I want to talk to you. And uh, so that's what it's about. You know, this whole thing of like people on two sides of it, you know, ah, you're wrong. It's not this, it's not that dude. When you start talking about things like quantum mechanics and uh, and the quantum realm and shit. I mean, and consciousness. We have no idea what's out there. No. And anybody that tells you otherwise, I think they're trying to sell you something. And that's what, what we do here. So get involved. Patreon.com slash UFO No Podcast. Join the wonderful members of the tinfoil militia. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter. And, of course, every Friday, 6.30 p.m., we're going to try and have a show for you. And uh, it's live. So, yeah, get involved. Do it. That's it, mister. See, you got anything else for the people?
4: Well, I just say, you know, keep your mind open as
3: always, and there's many species out there around us, so if you see one, let us know. There you go. And time, talent, and treasure, we need it. Keep this show a growing. But as usual, as I always say, remember, keep your eyes to the skies, and as well as on the planet, because that's where our true nature comes from. But keep your eyes to the skies, watch out for the government. They're shisty bastards. We'll catch you next week, everybody.